Hi, welcome to Leadership Amplified. I'm Dr. Karen Morley. I'm delighted to bring you another podcast episode profiling, as someone said to me recently about our guests, ordinary leaders who are doing extraordinary things. I think that was a particularly fitting way to describe the podcast and its intentions. It's an opportunity to profile leaders who are great role models to others and who inspire us to continue to focus on developing leadership as being in service to others. My guest today is Professor Erica Wilson, who's the Pro Vice Chancellor of Academic Innovation at Southern Cross University. Previous roles for Erica include Acting Deputy Vice-Chancellor Academic, Acting Dean, Deputy Head, and Director of Teaching and Learning in the School of Business and Tourism. Born in Seattle, Erica has called Australia home for over three decades. Her doctoral thesis was an interpretive, qualitative exploration into the constraints faced by Australian solo women travellers. She's published over 80 scholarly outputs, including two co-edited books, Women and Travel, Historical and Contemporary Perspectives in 2017, and Slow Tourism, Experiences and Mobilities in 2012. She currently sits on the editorial advisory boards for Hospitality and Society, the Journal of Vacation Marketing, the Journal of Tourism and Development, and the Annals of Leisure Research. Ending recently, Erica was for a decade a member of the Gondwana Rainforests of Australia World Heritage Technical and Scientific Advisory Committee. She is passionate about supporting higher degree and early career research and has supervised a number of PhDs, master's students to successful completion, and she's won a number of awards for her teaching. Erica is also a proud advocate for gender equality in higher education and research. So Erica, it's a great pleasure to be interviewing you today. And I know this is at the start of a busy academic year. So thank you very much for taking the time to share some of your leadership story and leadership insights with us. So I'll start um, at, the, at the beginning, not necessarily at birth, but you know, wherever you like to start your leadership story. Um, and if you can share with us the journey that you've been on um, in terms of leadership that would be terrific thank you thanks Karen and and um yeah really happy to talk with you and and to be invited um I think a journey uh or the concept of of the journey is a really good analogy because uh as someone who studies uh travel and and tourism mm -hmm. uh you know the journey is is always a very uh helpful analogy so um, and interestingly, my PhD was called The Journey of Her Own. Um, so a, a bit of a, a um, you know, a steal from Virginia Woolf, um, but a deliberate one. But it was really about how uh, women solo travelers find their way and, and the empowerment that they find through, through uh, travel. So I guess my analogy is, and, and what I'm going to talk with you about today a bit, is that analogy um, of how women can find empowerment through their work, through education and, and through leadership. Um, so as I was thinking about chatting with you today, I kept reflecting on um, 
you know, am I, have I actually arrived in this journey <laughs> of being a, being a leader? Is this something that you, um, you know, despite all of the, the titles and the roles and the awards, am I a leader? And I think it's something I reflect on every day. Um, and, and, you know, I'm very proud of, of my achievements, but um, I think it's also important to, um, to really emphasize that I, I don't think I've arrived at a particular place and space where suddenly I am a leader. It's very much a, an ongoing journey for me. And I think it will be yeah. for my whole life, really. Yeah. So that's um, very interesting. Um, and, and given that sense of the journey, I, do you think leadership is a destination? Well, I think, I think it is um, in a way, but I think that it's a lifetime journey. And, and mm. um, sometimes I feel like I get to that destination. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a long haul trip, not that we're doing them much anymore, but um, <laughs> You know, you sort of get to the first leg of the journey and then you think, yep, I've, I've got there. There's a little bit left to go. Um, and then there's another stop and then you keep going and finally you get to Europe or America, wherever it is in, in using that analogy. But um, I think that, yeah, you can arrive at the, at the destination, but I think then the destination just keeps shifting and there's another mm-hmm. journey and another mm-hmm. journey and another destination and um, sometimes I think just when I sort of captured something in the leadership space um, or I think I've broken some old habits or you know broken some new ground then something else comes up and I think ah back to basics here Mm -hmm. that didn't work I need to try something um, different so yeah, it, I've been thinking about getting there and what there is. Um, mm. and, and if we look at a particular title or senior role, uh, I could say I've, I've certainly gotten to a, a senior level of higher education leadership, but yeah. um, still got uh, a long way to go as things keep shifting and growing, and I do as well. Um, yeah. And can, so, I, can I ask, Erica, does that feel like, does that sort of gap, if you like, that I sense there. Does does that feel um, sort of positive or inspiring or how does it actually feel to have this sense that you're on the journey, you feel like you get there and then find that actually there's another there? You, what, what is that feeling like? It does, it, it feels challenging, but it mm. does feel exciting and inspiring yeah. and just yeah. watching myself grow um uh, along the way and learning and watching from other leaders um, and other women around me as well in leadership roles has has really helped. So, um, yeah, it's not a negative uh, destination. It's it's definitely um, one of, of growth, I think. Mm. You know, I know it's a cliche thing, but the growth mindset, um, just trying to stay open and, and um, curious and, um, you know, resilient to to change because change has been such a feature of, of, of everything really over the last um, year. But yeah, so I think, I think it's, it, it's ultimately exciting, but it's challenging. Mm-hmm. Great. So 
I was going to talk a bit about um, continuing on the journey theme. Mm. What I was thinking about is this journey from what um, I've been referring to as the reluctant leader or almost the accidental leader to one of really uh, owning my leadership skills. Mm. Mm. So a couple of years ago in Sydney, I, I attended a leadership conference or a workshop um, there were probably about 100 women there. It was focused on women in education and higher education. And pretty much every speaker there, um, and there were a number of them across the day, or I think it was two days, they um, were in very high-level senior roles in universities and, and in private education providers. And they were both, um, you know, professional, administrative um, leaders and those in academia. So professors, um, vice chancellors, deputy vice chancellors, and, and so on. And almost all of them, except maybe one woman, said that they had sort of fallen into leadership um, in higher education or it had been um, accidental or that they didn't really have a plan and things just emerged and they learned by doing. And, you know, that was a... That was a huge relief in a way because that certainly has been my journey. Um, but I thought that's it's also an interesting reflection on the state of, of you know, women and career progression to senior levels in, in higher education that there, there hasn't really been um, until maybe of late a, a sort of, you know, a program of support and um, encouragement and nourishment of women in higher education so that was and the women were speaking about you know imposter syndrome and faking it till you make it and and I I really do identify with those elements of it and certainly that has been my uh, journey to to many degrees but in just reflecting on speaking with you today I'm trying to kind of rewrite that story a bit in my own mind or rewrite that narrative of, well, I just sort of fell into it. And, and you know, it's not just about being humble. I, I'm trying to really own those leadership um, experiences and those skills and the hard work that I've done along the way um, to, to get where I am today and the support of, and, um, of all of the people that have helped in that journey so yeah it's it's interesting um sort of being between the two that reluctant leader to really owning my mm. leadership and not apologizing for it um and just recognizing those steps along the way that may have seemed like well I just sort of fell into it were actually opportunities yeah that I probably wouldn't have seen myself Mm. unless they had happened around me or people mm. had shifted in certain positions and a, mm. and there was an opening um, that I could step into and despite wanting to retreat to my comfort zone and think oh I'm not ready or I'm, I'm not experienced enough or how will I cope in that situation just jumping in and doing it and um, and really learning along the way so yeah that's something I've been yeah. Yeah. contemplating if that makes sense it does I think it's really interesting and like you there I can recall many times when I think it is women more than men 
presenting about their leadership story tend to focus on it being, you know, unplanned, accidental. This just came along and the, the advice is to be opportunistic. And I certainly wouldn't disagree with that advice. But I think there are, for me, there are a few things at play and it would be, I'm, I'm really interested in hearing how you're changing the narrative because I think generally we would benefit from a better narrative. I mean, people go to university, for example, to do a, their degree thinking about their profession and it's never management. Yeah. Um, and so right from the start, there's this management is a kind of profession and an opportunity that comes in once you've started your career. And, and then there's the overlay for women in that women are less visible as leaders certainly have been in the past. Um, it's less likely that we think about it. It's the you can't be it if you can't see it idea. So I think those couple of things um, do get in the way. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so how are, you, how are you working on that reframe or that different narrative? Um, you've said you're stopping apologising for it, recognising the things that happened as you know I didn't just fall into that that was an opportunity yeah. and I took that opportunity or it was given to me whatever happened what else are you finding helpful in in changing the narrative uh, I think recognizing the the support that I've had along the way and th that this isn't just an individual um, thing that people mm. saw saw a potential or a talent that perhaps I hadn't um, at that stage seen. Um, so, and I think one of your questions was, um, you know, the, the journey or key defining moments along the way. And, and for me, and I was going to talk about that in a moment, is, is um, looking back that support and the people that have yeah. almost literally held my, held my hand up um, to, to take some of those opportunities. But um, I think, yeah, not, not apologizing um, for the particular, you know, way that I've managed and, and, and led, um, that I have a particular style and um, of building rapport and relationship is really important to me and how I work with people, uh, building a, a, a team so that people work well together, not um, against each other and you know that can be it can be challenging in it in an environment in higher education where like you say we were never I was never taught management I didn't do a leadership um, degree I mean I've done some courses more recently um, as I've sort of uh, I would say almost later in my career um, so yeah, and I guess it's just you can be as educated and as qualified, but uh, how do we actually harness that? And and um, now when I look back, I think I actually was ready for those um, mm. for those opportunities, and um, I stumbled along the way. But um, yeah, I, I just it, it is taking those opportunities, and and um, if someone sees that talent in you and, and wants to put you up for that. Um, now I would say to, to other women, just, yeah, do it. Or even don't wait to be asked, just put yourself forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's about owning, owning that leadership story. And I'm still working on it, Karen. I, I, I don't think I've 
sort of landed it yet, but it's just being comfortable in my skin, comfortable in my leadership style in, in, um, and um, just knowing that that can really work. And I don't need to, to there's certainly I, people I can model off, but I don't need to copy particular styles that don't work for me, like authoritarian. I know when to use that type of directive style now, but um, ultimately it's just, yeah, learning learning to be comfortable in my skin. Mm. That sounds terrific. And, and certainly some of the uh, writing that I've been doing and the thinking I've been doing about leadership is that, you know, entertaining reasonable doubt about yourself and about your decisions and the circumstances actually does seem to lead to better results than, than being super confident. I mean, we know confidence bias um, and um, certainty bias can really get in the way and that's what leads to all sorts of problems in diversity. Um, but more generally, that, that um, also applies in, in decisions that are being made every day in every way. So that, that idea that, that you're talking about, that humility um, about yourself, I, I think is, a, is a, 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 an absolute you know, part of the gold of leading rather than yeah. uh, a detriment. So long as you're not, you know, o- over concerned or anxious about yourself and it, you mm. know, plays back in a negative way on you, but being able to question things and question yourself sounds like a pretty important thing to do. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I think it is. And um, you made a comment just before about, um, you know, the visibility and being able to see women in these positions. I think that is important for me. And as I watch early career researchers coming through and women doing their PhDs, just, um, and I know it was for me, it was really inspiring to see women in these roles. Um, and still today, I, I think it's only about a quarter of women hold senior or exec roles in, in higher education. So um, that, that visibility is, is really important as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's recognizing that, um, you know, that I, I do have ambition um, and I have wanted to be visible and have a voice and be at the table um, and make changes and influence in a way that, you know, perhaps I couldn't at a, at a different level or at a different stage of my career and just showing other women that that's, um, that's possible. Yeah. yeah. I realise I've strayed you or made, perhaps made you stray a little from your leadership journey and some of the kind of key learning moments along the way. So let me just pause where we're at right now and, and were there other things that, that you think um, or that you wanted to share? My journey um, is also about you know, and I was going to talk about this as one of the, the lessons along the way um, for younger women and younger leaders is um, just to stop trying to do all the work. And, um, and the work and the housework. <laughs> that's right. And you, you and trusting in others and delegating to others, um, because as amazing as we are, you know, that that phrase about give a busy woman a task because she'll get it done. Um, we just, I, I just can't, I, I can't do that anymore. Um, and that, you know, that control freak element of, of needing to, to um, 
do all of the roles because I've done them and I know how they operate. But as I have sort of worked my way up, if we want to put it that way, I've really needed to, um, to, to let go a bit and to, to learn to delegate and to trust, trust in others. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and just before, because I'm really keen to hear more about the lessons you've learned and would like to pass on to others, but uh, some of the listeners might not be as familiar with the academic setting. Um, and what do you think are the particular issues for women in higher education in terms of, you know, developing their careers and being able to act on their ambitions, making it into senior leadership roles? Mm. Um, yeah, and it is something I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about. I, I, think, I think the power of education for, um, for women and for everybody, really, in terms of, of changing lives, I, I think is, is really why I got into the, the role. Although, I, you know, I may not have seen it so clearly when I was, was younger. Um, but I think, um, and, you know, I try not to, here, here we are in the week of International Women's Day. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's, uh, and it's not just a day, is it? It's, it's every day and every month and every year. And um, with what's been going on with federal politics and, um, you know, some of the issues with, with uh, sexual harassment in the workplace, I think, um, yeah, sometimes I do over the past week, I've been despairing a bit in the future of, of women and for my own daughter and other younger women. But um, I think education is really key in terms of providing those opportunities for um, for women. So what I've decided to start focusing on now really clearly is nurturing other women into education and higher education in particular. Um, so if I look at, well, probably from, from the start of my career, even though I was um, you know, fairly young when I started in doing my PhD, but the, the moment that I, I came to this university, I realized that um, I had some, some good skills in research methodology and in feminist research. And there was a capacity gap in terms of supervising other um, women researchers. So that's, that's kind of where I started really some of those leadership Mm -hmm. skills is is in helping others to get through and again so that there's that pipeline of women up into um into higher education so that's kind of the context I I know and I have because that's where my career has been and interestingly I've been at the same university for almost two decades now um so I've I've yeah I've really wanted to nurture uh other women, um, mentoring, uh, examining other PhDs, supporting women who are using different approaches and writing styles and, and methodologies. Mm -hmm. And I know that's, I won't go into the detail of that for this audience. Um, um, but yeah, that's, that's something I've really uh, focused on. Yeah, right. So sorry, back to your question. Yes. <laughs> which was women in in higher education and in uh, yeah just 
the, the the focus that you have, which you've you've answered in terms of the supporting women to kind of get in the academic pipeline, which means doing you know PhDs mainly. Yeah, and I think you know lots of things have changed, and um, and some things haven't, and I think that's what we've been seeing evidence mm -hmm. of over the past month or so. Um, out there in the media and politics and, and society. But um, yeah, my, my goal really is to, to um, uh, aim for equality um, in higher education and um, really get women into those roles. And, and for me, the place to start is with, with their research. Mm. And now that you have um, a quite senior role in the organisation as a pro vice chancellor, um, how how do you think you can most affect, if you like, the culture um, across the organisation so that it it is supportive of that, or perhaps it is already? But I guess then, what what's your contribution into that? Um. Yeah, I, I think right now, because I've had to step away um, or, or there just isn't the time for the, the research, um, I've had to focus on, um, you know, supervising and, and um, examining and um, co-authoring with other, other women. But in my particular role right now as, as Pro Vice Chancellor Academic Innovation, it's about, um, it really has a responsibility for the academic portfolio at the university. So all courses, all degrees mm. and, and units and working closely with the faculties and, and the deans. Um, and we're working right now on a, on a pretty significant curriculum reform. Um, right. And I think for me, um, those, those rapport and those relationship building skills that I was talking about before, uh, are really um, going to stand me in good stead mm. because I need to work with pretty much every department and work unit, um, non-academic and academic across mm -hmm. the university to, to implement this and to make it happen. Um, so it's getting teams working together, um, not working you know, against each other. Uh, so I think those you know, harnessing my skills in um, diplomacy and um, and good listening, I think, is is really really important. Mm -hmm. So, um, and if I talk to, in particular, um, you know, early career academics and, and women and men, it's those sorts of skills and capabilities that I would be talking about. Again, it's. It comes back to, and this is a theme I've been thinking about when, when um, preparing for the podcast with you, is about finding and owning my own voice and an authentic voice and leading yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, and again, being comfortable in my skin and owning that voice. Yeah. Because it's it doesn't work um, at, at these levels to just implement I'm good at implementing yeah I'm good at um you know as I said before doing the work and getting a project done and meeting a deadline but those influencing skills and the visionary skills I, I in this role now 
that's where I need to focus, not mm. on all of the detail and getting every single bit of every part of the project done. I need to, um, again, as I was saying before, delegate. And, and um, so, yeah, I'm putting those to, to good use. Yes, absolutely. And that focus and what you're saying is around your style, being very focused on getting people together and collaboration so that, you know, that's really demonstrating a more inclusive um, style that that is more engaging for everyone as well. Exactly. Yeah. That's terrific. Um, And good luck. I mean, it's very difficult times for for higher education and um, if, uh, we kind of ever needed innovation it's it's now <laughs> it's now it? that's right yes lots of challenges so if you think then about the future uh where we're headed um and for for people um at earlier stages in their careers what do you think are you know what are your key lessons that you would like to share yeah i i think as i've been saying finding your own voice own your voice, authentic yeah. voice and in leadership as well. Um, and connected to that is to stop. This is me telling my younger self, but it's still telling yeah. myself now. Yeah. Stop asking for permission to do things. Just, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, obviously we need to work within the, the structures and the organizations that we have. Um, uh, I'm not saying just throw all of that out the window, but um and it's about learning to, to manage at different levels and managing up, as they say. But just for me, if I was talking to my younger self, which was a question you asked, which I really like, um, stop asking permission, um, learn to lead, don't just, don't just follow. Um, and again, that links to, to having the confidence and, and um, uh, in your style and in what you want to say and because it's about convincing others and bringing others um, along the way and making sure that they're they're heard Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that you're going to or for me I'm telling my younger self that doesn't mean that I'm going to um, uh, everyone's going to be a friend or that um, everyone will be satisfied with every uh, decision Mm. but knowing where those um, where those decisions need to be made um, and to, to change and shift some thinking uh, mm. in culture, as we were talking about before. Um, the other thing is, is stop doing all the work, which I, I mentioned. And I think, mm. I think, Karen, this was something that you, uh, I believe, raised in your um, book. I was looking at Lead Like a Coach the other day um, and thinking about this. Um, is giving the work back to the, the people. I think it was something I've heard you say as, as we've been um, uh, talking and discussing over the years. Um, that's really been a defining thing for me, um, that I, I can't do everything, um, and, and nor should I at, at particular roles. And that doesn't mean about, it, it's not about giving people uh, crazy amounts of of work that I just don't want to do myself. It, it's different. It's it's operating at a different level, and um, I know sometimes I can uh, drive some people crazy with trying to manage every part of the project or my diary or um, do everything, and it just actually can um, stuff things up rather than help. So, 
That's, that's something I'm, that's right. I'm delegating is a real skill. It's an art um, and it's good for you. That's right. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, so I'm still learning that one. Uh, the other one is um, never stop learning. And I, I think for me that getting some of the coaching, um, attending leadership workshops, um, uh, and, and just hearing the lived experiences of others and particularly other women is, has been really important um, mm -hmm. for me and, and probably moving into a, a different stage now of, of what I need in that um, mm -hmm. area. And something I'm really looking towards and still growing in is, is um, board membership. So that's an area that I would like to keep, keep learning in. Um, and I, I wish I'd done that a little bit um, earlier in the piece or when I was a bit younger but can't do everything right so <laughs> that's right and you've tried that and you know how yeah, it goes <laughs> that that's right mm. um, and finding the right fit too on a on a board um that's right for me and for them because I see a lot of people in, in my field and, and certainly in industry and mm. commerce just They've got accounting skills and, and law skills and uh, it's not, you know, I, it's not something, um, well, I guess those things aren't in, uh, they are in high demand and I need to look at what sort of other areas um, uh, that I can contribute. So I, I'm working through that um, mm -hmm. at the moment. And I guess finally, Karen, networking um, with other women and, um, and men and, and I should have said at the beginning that I talked about people literally putting me forward or holding my hand up um, mm. or putting me forward for committees. Um, you know, I've had some wonderful male colleagues who have seen the potential and have put me forward for things quite senior at, at a, you know, when I thought maybe perhaps I wasn't ready so I think those champions of, of women and champions of change are, are really important in mm. that networking. So while I'm talking about women um, and gender is my area of research, I think we have to have that support and mm. people that are there behind you and uh, every step of the way. So recently, as you know, I, I went for promotion to professor um, and I wanted to make sure I had the support around um, the institution and externally to the university and uh, and that's women and men um mm. so that's i think um yeah nurturing those working relationships um i i aim never to sort of burn any bridges that doesn't mean that i might not uh you know see eye to eye on, on some things but i think that's a really important has been a really important thing for me in my career um, and look some of the best connections and opportunities and uh, in the research area and in leadership have come through those those networks um, mm. and to be honest some of the best um, female friendships I've had have come from uh, you know connections that I made very early on in my career with other uh, women academics and we sort of have shared this this journey together mm. so yeah that's mm. lovely Yes. 
So loads of advice there in that. One of the things that I've really enjoyed um, as I listened to you speaking about your, you, you know, the journey and interests and the lessons that you want to pass on really is the, the sense of humility and, and the idea that you need to keep a growth mindset. It's always good for someone in an educational setting to have a growth mindset, I think. Exactly. So that's fantastic. But, you know, that, that you can be very senior um, and that idea of not not having made it yet, um, you know, I think that's so apt. Leadership is really about, it's about a process and every new leadership challenge means that you need to manage that process differently uh, and mm. to get to more senior levels of the organisation. Yep. That, that has to change. So I think that that sort of openness to what um, emerges is a really important story um, that you've been able to share with us today. So again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, um, and uh, as the listeners do. Um, and that's the end of our podcast. Thank you very much, Erica. Thanks so much, Karen.